Aaron. Wait. All right. Let's uh, let's do a breathing exercise. Let's take five. I appreciate your patience. I appreciate your uh, the I think you had the appropriate amount of snarkiness over the last couple of minutes. Not too much, where it's like, dude, I'm really trying my best. Oh, but also not yeah. uh, passive aggressive silence. Like, <clears throat> my time's valuable. So, yeah, sometimes I'm like that. It's it's. <laughs> Well, just in in general, because as your your time gets more and more and more compressed, mm-hmm. you start to, I you you start to view time a little bit differently. Um, so there'll be, there'll be some days where I'll just be like, yeah, all right, come on, but that's not all that often. Yeah, but as I mean, over the past four years, I've definitely started to develop a different relationship with time. Do you, would you say that's typically related to other people's perspective on your time? Or just like, if you're working on something by yourself, do you feel really, really strict about like the, the time as you're like managing your own personal schedule day to day? No, I don't know. Cause I'm not the only one that manages my schedule anymore. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other people involved in my schedule nowadays. Yeah, it's it's not going to get better. It will be. It will get more. You're you're one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was just talking to Jessica about my schedule. She's like, "Yeah, it's only getting worse." I'm like, "It's only going in one direction." So we're just going to need to, you know, figure it out. If that and tells you prioritize things. If this tells you anything, so we have a podcast scheduling meeting today. There'll be five people there, not just me and Jessica. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's just like to continue doing this. This is what it's it's going to take for us to like. Be able to get ahead in a way that makes sense and yeah, to, to plan um, because like, you know, the podcast is no longer a one man show and it's not really not really a two man show anymore. You know, we're building mm-hmm. the infrastructure to continue to grow. It's which is important. Cr- pretty crazy. Yeah. I've, I had a meeting with uh, a couple of folks on the media team, which I'm not on the media team for anybody who doesn't know, which is cool. Me and Harrison. Yeah. Did, we, you, did you know that? Yeah. We briefly talked about it on the last podcast. Uh, OK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then I'll, anyway. That was super cool and really helpful, but it was a lot of like, here's all of what it takes and everybody going, that's way too much. You're way too much in the weeds. We need to figure out how to like space, space this out for everybody to do stuff. I'm like, oh, that would be cool, mm-hmm. which is a growing pain. I think we all experience that one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, the goalpost is constantly moving. Mm-hmm. So even if, okay, great, you get it figured out, it's just going to keep moving. I feel like there's a negative version of that, but I don't know that we're experiencing a negative version of like the goalposts keep moving. Yeah. I could well, see, I could see like in certain situations where it's like, I feel like I'm living up to this expectation that you, I say you just as in general, not you specifically. I, I feel like I'm living up to an expectation that you've set and I've agreed to. But when I come check in with you to see like, did I meet that expectation we talked about? Well, the, the goalpost has moved. I think that's like a certain situation. I don't necessarily know that I see that here as much. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like, hey, everybody, the goalpost keeps moving. So we just need to keep shooting for where we think it is. Well, that's just the reality of growth. Mm-hmm. You grow, things change, new people come come on board, do different things. That's how it is. It's, that's just the nature of a growing business. Uh, speaking of. Can you. Is there a way you can just scoot that way a little bit like last I'm time? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just, it's so ridiculous. All right. Can you aim it a yeah, little bit? Yeah, I can. I can. <laughs> it is ridiculous. I know. I'm sorry. That's good. Oh, you can see it too. Cool. 
speaking of, so we got an email, emails this morning about a bunch of new people starting today. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask, for the most part, we've been in a hiring freeze for the last, I don't know, however long. Mm. Right? A month-ish? Yeah. Or six weeks. Um, that said, we have five or six people starting today. So when you are thinking about, you know, like, are we, guys, we're going to stop hiring people, like, whatever that conversation looks like with the leadership team. And then we still end up hiring a few people. Is there like a certain level of like necessity in order to bring on another person? Kind of like what, what does that conversation look like? Does somebody pitch a hire to the leadership team? Like, well, here's why we specifically need this specific person right this second. Like, how does yeah. that conversation look like? Um, so the first thing to understand, there's no black and white in business. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, overall... We, we talked about this as a leadership team last week. I think we got a little, we, we, we hired a little too quickly over the past few months. Sure. And I think it's worked out pretty well, but we, we went nuts with hiring and that's just not, that's not the norm. Mm -hmm. I think we should have spaced it out a little bit and we needed to, we, we did what we needed to do. We needed to go scale quickly. We needed to go get sales. We needed to go do a lot of things. And we did a lot of that stuff, mm -hmm. but that's also to say that's not the norm. So I think we had to move uh, somewhat dramatically in the opposite direction, which is, hey, let's just see what we got right now. Let it shake out. Let everything shake out, and then we can start incrementally hiring again. The The hires that just came on, I mean, one of them, Jessica, new office manager, so we're replacing a role that was existing. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a new sales, uh, someone for the sales team. Sales drives a lot of our business right now, and we've only had Ashley doing it. Now we just hired... Um, full-time sales rep, and then we have Jack and Matt there as well. So we just multiplied our sales capacity by four, mm -hmm. which is a huge deal. And that allows us to get more sales out there, which benefits everybody as a result. So we're we're hiring some strategic positions right now. Mm -hmm. There were some part-time folks coming on, interns coming on. So it's not just a bunch of random hires. Everything right now is pretty damn strategic. And even like to give everybody a glimpse into the leadership meeting last week. So reality going forward is we're, we're not just going to be, you know, this money's going to come in and everybody's going to like, okay, everybody, let's now just we go, get to hire again. go nuts again. Yeah. It's, that's not going to happen at all. Um, cause it's not in anybody's best interest. And so, uh, we basically told the leadership team that, and, and we talked about, and we're going to probably cut a podcast on this at some point, cool. the, the four laws of combat from Jocko. One of them is cover and move. And so as a leadership team, you know, hey, the the real priority for our business is increasing monthly reoccurring revenue. And the product we have to do that at this moment is build the training. Now, can we go create other products that you can add on top, build the training or or go elaborate upon that, whatever it is, we just need to increase monthly reoccurring revenue because that allows us to grow our valuation, mm -hmm. a greater valuation allows us to raise more money, more money, uh, helps everybody here. So with that priority in mind for our business as a whole, the leadership team, Hey, if we have money coming in we need to hire positions, where are the most valuable positions right now? Oh, okay. It's pretty clear that Alan who's been using entire, almost entirely contract development needs to go hire quite a few full-time positions. And that's been um, not a pain point, but something that isn't sustainable long term. Mm -hmm. We need to bring a lot of those positions in house. So 
the whole leadership team is able to sit there and say, okay, so if our priority is increasing monthly reoccurring revenue, that's based on the product and our capabilities from product standpoint, you know, Skylar, sure, sales, Lori, sure, media, you know, all the the support and, and Jason, and there's there's a lot of other support elements there, but priority, let's cover and move. So, hey, we'll do what we need to do with our teams while you're going out and hiring who you need to hire. And then you guys can go out and create the products we need to go create. And then we can go sell that effectively, which then drives our valuation, which then allows us to raise more money. So then that team can go cover while other teams go and yeah. move, for example. So it's it's a lot of that right now. Um, and just just understand we I we understand that we're pushing right now. We understand that we're quote unquote understaffed or whatever it is. Um, we understand most people can hire more people across the board. We get that, but there's also the reality of trying to manage cash out right now. And the reality is that cash needs to go to the, the, the areas of greatest importance from a strategic standpoint. Strategically, monthly recurring revenue is it. Yep. Second on the list is the services business. We need to maintain and grow that business, and that's very important. Mm-hmm. But just, just know that, that from a leadership standpoint, we, we understand everybody needs help. From a capital allocation standpoint, we're having to go spend the money in the most strategic places right now and don't expect there to be just this unlimited faucet turned on over the next few months because if you're expecting that you're going to be disappointed and then again once we can get those areas of our business the most strategic areas functioning correctly that's going to give us a lot more resources to go do a lot of other fun stuff a lot of other fun stuff Mm -hmm. and a part of laws of combat We've talked about it, but just understanding that if BuildWit wins, everybody wins. It doesn't matter what division, what team. It doesn't matter where you're at here. Mm-hmm. If we're winning, if, 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 if we're winning, like you're winning, whether you have a direct hand in that or not, if that makes sense. Yeah. So um, it's just the, the reality of a growing business. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you got you to gotta prioritize and execute. And so I think we did our best on the last round. I think we spent a little faster than we should have. And we're taking the lessons learned and applying it on this round. And so we're going to be a lot more strategic and we're going to be prioritizing what we focus on. We're going to be covering and moving for some, some teams are going to be covering while other teams move. And then if we get these teams spun up, then they can cover for the other teams down the road. Everybody wins. Yeah. You, you, you mentioned uh, some lessons learned from like the, the last time we, we had an investment and how we allocated that as at some point obviously like we'll close this current fundraising round and you know like you said more maybe more strategically kind of decide where that uh like next investment goes are there any other like lessons you've learned that you're like okay in addition to um you know obviously not hire quite as fast with any other things that you're like all right here's now that i went through it with you know the the last investment now that we'll, we'll have you know obviously more like that's where we're in, we're looking for more investment. Is there any other lessons you're like, all right, here's what we'll do now that maybe I wish I'd thought of the last time. So this is going to go bigger picture. I honestly wish I hadn't talked about the investment as much as I have. Okay. I, I would like to talk to our business about the big picture, but I feel like everybody's just put way more. And I know it's, it's a big deal, but there's just all this weight on it right yeah. now and all this focus on it from other people. And it's like, it doesn't, 
you don't need to focus on it at all. Like we, we've got it. Mm-hmm. it it's it, it's in my crosshairs and, and we have we have a lot of a lot of weight pushing in this one direction. We're we're covered and 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 I get it. It's like it, it is a big deal, but it's 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 not gonna be this dramatic change in our business. It's just okay, great. We have more capital but just to continue doing what we're already doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like the day before this next this next round goes through before you know, versus the day after when we're funded pretty similar that's that me changes your day to day as what you're thinking about that next day but in terms of what the company's doing and any company that goes and gets investment it's not like oh now we're a different company because of this yeah so you, you still are kind of doing what you've been doing you just scale i yeah exactly i think people and and it was a dramatic shift on the last one because we were getting full bore into software mm-hmm. so that's a total dramatic shift in our business but now that we have that foundation and we understand where we're headed it's more of just continuing what we're doing and building upon the foundation we've just created this year so far. So it's not, again, it's just not this, it's not going to be like, oh, all the clouds finally, Mm -hmm. you know, break and the sun shines through and the birds are chirping and the flowers are blooming and it's going to be another day. We're just going to be doing what we're already doing, executing upon what we're doing today. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just going to allow us to keep doing it more and more into the future. And the more you do it consistently, the more the results compound and the more value you can create long term. Yeah. So it's really just buying us time is what it's doing. It's just buying us more time. Love and that. with more time, you have more compounding. With more compounding, you create significantly more value. And so in theory, the, the more the value we're going to be creating in the next six months is going to be far greater than this six months mm-hmm. because, again, of the law of compounding. Um, so... There's been a lot of lessons learned from a leadership standpoint, but I think from my perspective, it's like transparency wins. I've realized it's a dichotomy. As much as I want to just go talk about everything, I've learned that sometimes it does a disservice as the business has grown. Because when the business was small and it was 20 people, you could talk to everybody and everybody would kind of understand the context. Mm -hmm. But now at 100, people don't get the same context. Yeah. And so you can give the same information, but it doesn't necessarily have that context. And then it's just taken in all kinds of weird ways and it becomes a distraction almost. So I think on the next round, I honestly don't think we're going to be as public about it because I view it as a distraction. Mm-hmm. Frank, it certainly frankly. can be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with a lot of I get it. It does have something to do with the future of everybody. So I, I understand that nuance, but at the same time, it doesn't directly have much to do with anybody at the company other than that top level yeah that makes a lot of sense um we actually have a question that i think follows up on kind of what you're talking about questions from isaac what should we be focusing on to prepare for the growth that will follow this round of fundraising because what you really what you're saying is not much will change day to day right like there, there's not like a different approach from like the yeah. team's perspective and take that with a grain of salt i could be completely wrong and they're you know, within your team, a lot could change yeah. because that could be a strategic area of investment for us. And so, you know, like, uh, like I talked to, you know, Matt Burt last week. Hey, how are you doing? And he, he's been working with a lot of contractors. His, he's going to have a dramatically different job in six months because he's going to be getting a, a team built out. And uh, again, take everything with a grain of salt. Of course. I'm speaking in generalities here. The biggest thing you can do is, is, is just, Honestly, just keep your head down, work, work on our values, work on becoming a better leader, work on 
understanding what the other teams do. Work on your understanding of the dirt world. Just keep building upon what we've already done. That's what that's what creates massive long-term success is really just I've learned creating any, anything significant is just about mastering monotony. Everybody thinks building a business is all this excitement and these big deals and big breakthroughs and, oh, my God, we made it. I haven't found that to be true at all. Um, there have been some bigger moments, but it's really just about every day, every detail. It's, it's, it's every just single conversation, single trip, single connection. It's about more so the, the minutia, the details, the monotony than it is the big swings, honestly. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I would be focused is how do I develop myself? Where do I want to be going in my career? How do I develop myself? What am I lacking? What relationships do I need? Where are we headed as a business? How can I help us get there? Those are the questions I'd be asking. But say it closes July 1. July 1 is not going to be very different from June 31st or 30th or whatever. June, Either way. June 30th. End of June. There's not 31 yeah. days in June. It's not 30. And, and I told the leadership team this last week. I also don't want it to be an excuse. Like, oh, we're just waiting till the next round of investment that doesn't do anybody any good. And, and we're not here to go kill everybody. I don't have these unreasonable expectations. I'm not, um, you know, like suck it up, do two uh, jobs. Yeah, I'm not Jeff Bezos expecting everyone to be here a hundred plus hours a week. Mm-hmm. I understand people have families and lives and all of that. I also understand there are some long weeks and some long days and people do work a lot around here. And we want to keep chasing that balance of letting people do what they want to do in their life versus do what they want to do in their career. But at the same time, it's it's not a valid excuse to just be like, well, we just can't do that until we have investment. Mm-hmm. That that doesn't work. We need to do what we need to do. So we need to make it happen. And there is going to be some sacrifice that needs to be made over the over the next years. Um, plural, because we're a growing business, we're trying to get somewhere significant, and we're not going to do it by just being average. That's just not the case. Well, you you put good words to it last week. You said to do extraordinary things. You have to do something extraordinary. Yeah. And if you want an average job, there's a lot of average companies out there. You go work for the federal government. That's as average as it gets. <laughs> They're going to get you your paycheck every week. You're going to have the same damn thing to do for 40 hours a week. You're going to have a pension. It is good to go, man. And some people like that. Some people like that. They like the consistency. They like that. That's just not That's not what we're able to provide. Mm-mm. So we're doing our best to balance it. And I really am trying to create a place that values people's lives outside of work because that's the priority. I understand your priority is not build with. Your priority is your family. Mm. And then build with. And build with helps you take care of your family. So it's an important part and it's interwoven into your priority, your life's priority, which is your your kids, your your wife, your family. But at the same time it's man, it's 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 not always going to be easy and I even I even told the leadership team this last week too is okay, great. You know, what if investment just doesn't go through? What do we get? What, like what if it's just like, actually, never mind. We're pushing this six months. We just throw our hands up like, oh, well, oh, sorry. We can't make the dirt world a better place. Well, then what? You know, and then and, and this is this is bigger than any one person here. Um, it's way bigger than mm-hmm. any one person. Yeah. The whole dirt world thing. Like the investment thing is it's just it's a lot of weight because. You know, you can approach it from the, well, I only want to dilute 20% so that my position's not diluted within the business and I need to make sure my board seats are okay and make sure I have this, you know, this, this limited control. And then you, you kind of, 
you're telling everybody about the potential ROI and then you're 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 running the numbers in your head like you know say we go get a 100 million dollar valuation well i have a piece of 100 million dollars on paper you know that makes me in theory worth a lot of money <laughs> yeah in theory I'm not, I'm not you don't actually, have that i'm money. not actually worth that <laughs> but like on paper in theory i am you get caught up in what's it doing for me and but the, i i've you know about maybe a month ago i'm like i'm i'm being so self-centered around this i need to completely forget all of that because it's not it's not about me like before the investment meetings i've been going into lately it's i'll literally go through i'll go to our website and i will go through the about us page where all the people are all of our people pictures i'll scroll through the people it's like this is why this meeting matters all of these people love that this is it seriously i've done that before every meeting i've looked at all the people every picture that's why I'm doing it. And then I think about the dirt world and I think about society and then I think about the importance of our mission. Like society doesn't function without this man. And it's like, this is way bigger than us. And there is no room for failure. Mm-hmm. There's no possibility that just like, yep, sorry, couldn't do it. Couldn't figure it out. That doesn't work. Well said. Thanks for that, man. Yeah. Actually, the uh, other question I think kind of goes into what you were just talking about. Um, so a question from Alex Ortiz, he says, referencing your post about mental immunity, what is the one moment that you believe was your lowest in life that helped you begin building those mental and antibodies? I mean, the like middle school, high school is pretty rough. Um, which I think has helped mold me into where I am right now and provided a pretty solid foundation. Like my parents got divorced and that was kind of like up until the divorce was the easy part. Post-divorce was when shit really started to get wild. But I think it was, so I had quit my job, quit my job February of 2018. I move in with my dad. I start the company. So completely do away with, and I had, you know, I was making quite a bit of money at HCSS for a 22 year old. Mm-hmm. I had this nice condo and this this duck pond. I mean, life was grand. Throw all of it away. Go stay with my dad, which is a humble slice of humble pie. And my dad's not an easy person to live with. <laughs> um, and just start trying to make up a business. So there was nothing comfortable in my life. And then I started right when I moved back, started dating this one girl that I knew from high school. We start talking, we start dating. So I dated her all the way for the first year of business. And that was like the one little bit of comfort I had in my life. The one little bit. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was it. That was like my little respite from getting the shit kicked out of me in the first year of business. And then abruptly she breaks up with me. And it wasn't the, it wasn't the breakup that, it, you know, I look back on like, and I was <laughs> like, why was I so beat up about that? Because <laughs> come on, like yeah. we did for a year and it was like right now, like, yeah, that was clearly not right. But and zero against her whatsoever. It was just like just fundamentally not not right. Yeah. She wants one life. I want the other. <laughs> there was no way that was going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, 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 it shook the shit out of me. I mean, just to my core, because I think it was I had that one little bit of comfort taken from me and then it was just like i was just out in the open and i had to i was kind of forced to confront the terror that was my life at the time Mm -hmm. and i think it it exposed a lot of a lot of problems from the past that i had to somewhat confront 
So I went through, it was, it was a lot of anxiety, started to go to therapy. And I think that was when it really started to get going. Cause yeah. I, I just, I had anxiety so bad I couldn't focus. And it's like, all I wanted to do was work to get away from it, but you're so anxious. You can't focus on work. <laughs> and, and, I have anxiety because I'm so anxious. All dude, the time. <laughs> and it's like, it was the first time in my life where I had anxiety. That's just crippling. It yeah. just shuts you down and you can't get away from it. You, I could do, I could do nothing to get away from it. And it was just weeks and weeks and weeks of me just struggling to do something. And then you have the stress of having to run this business because it's just you. And and I had, you know, Dan helping me out or whatever it was, but that was still early on. So yeah. there wasn't support there. So if you're not working, the business isn't going. And so you have that pressure, but it, it, to, to work even harder, <laughs> and it just kept compounding. So I, I had to dig in there. And that's when it started to, I started to unravel a lot of, a lot of that, um, because I think anxiety is largely an indicator. Mm -hmm. Um, and I get, it can get so extreme where you, you do need to, um, change your brain chemistry through medication to even get away from it, to, to figure it out. But I do think fundamentally it's an indicator. Well, one thing, I think it's a good thing. This isn't really off topic because it's going to come right back. Yeah. But um, at our church like a month ago, they had like an event one evening for parents with young children that was like, how do we how do we raise worry free children? And it really the talk ends up being about anxious parents. But like it kind of starts talking about, you know, just how do we how do we raise children who aren't anxious? And it's like, well, if you're anxious, you're going to teach your children that. That's but, but one of the things they said, which uh, I've thought a lot about now, is that they really, really highlighted the difference between, and like, obviously, this is not a medical podcast. Just be very clear. Mm-hmm. They highlighted the difference between clinical anxiety and anxiety. And what you're talking about is the non-clinical version where it's like a, a, an indicator of something else. Clinical anxiety is very, very rare. Yeah. So everybody talks about it. Like clinical anxiety where you actually need to be medicated for it. You need to change your brain chemistry. Mm-hmm. It's That is that is very rare. And it's also separate from what we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And we've made it seem like it's a lot more prevalent. Society's made it seem like that. And, mm-hmm. and I think people are over medicated by a long shot, which is it's a real damn shame. Sure. Um, but I understand that. And I used to not really buy into it. I'm like, dude, just take a deep breath. Like, why are you so, why are you so worried? Don't be so worried. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work that way. But I think anxiety. Yeah. Big picture, I think is a really good thing. And yet people, they try to medicate their way out of it or not, not medication, but alcohol or something else Mm -hmm. that, that, that gets them away from it and gives them a break rather than, all right, I'm just going to look the damn monster in the eyes. And then once I look it in the eyes, it's not as scary anymore. Yep. So I started to, I started to really work on everything a few years ago. And then the thing that I referenced in the post that I didn't talk about, because I didn't want to do it publicly, but this sure. is an internal podcast. I would talk about it, but it involves someone else. Yeah. But in January, um, my dad just called me out of the blue. He was like, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Just like out of Oof. fucking left field. Like left field. And, and we still haven't talked. Like I emailed them the other day, Jeez. like, Hey, I'll be in Arizona next week. Would love to see you. Mm, no, I, I wouldn't like to see you. Uh, he emailed me back though, which is very kind, Okay, but it, it's, uh, it, it should have, and it, it definitely has crushed me a little bit, mm-hmm. 
but it should have been like a blow. It should have just obliterated my life, but it didn't. And I think that is because I've put in all of the work beforehand. So like you go to war with the army you have, not the army you wish you had is the best quote I can think of. And that's probably not the best one, but that's, you know, in a time of crisis, you can't prepare, you, you, you can't, you can't, you kind of have whatever you have when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. So if you're prepared for it, you're going to be good to go. Whereas if you haven't prepared for it, you're going to find out real fast and you can't do it in the moment. Um, so I found out that it's like, oh, okay. All right. So all this work is actually is paying off right now because I should be crushed and I'm not. Yeah. So, and I am not like reverting to a really unhealthy mindset too, of just like, fuck you. You know, that's where I should be. Sure. And any, somebody in their twenties should probably be like, really? Like, really? And, and, and if I had time to actually explain everything I've done for this guy over the past few years and, and what he's saying to me still, yeah. it would, no one would understand. Um, but there, there's my bias there too. And he has his side. He feels his way. He feels the way he does for a reason, but it's just like, uh, instead of, instead of resentment, I just kind of feel bad and like, I hope he works through shit because he's going through some shit. I really hope he works through it mm-hmm. rather than sitting here and becoming resentful or spiteful or all right how do i get the upper hand or how do i like prove yeah i'm better um so it's it's a weird thing to navigate well i want to say thank you for that transparency and that uh vulnerability man i know it's that stuff's never fun to talk about um so i I appreciate being open enough even just with me for that well but, but that's also to illustrate the work i've put in yeah it's honestly not that hard for me to talk about like I would talk about that with anybody, seriously. Mm-hmm. Not that you're you're not special, Alex. That's, no, that's an important I, that's thing to highlight in here. That's not, <laughs> that's, that's not what I mean. But um, I have gotten to the point where I've just become so comfortable with with the past and the trauma. Yeah. And everybody has shit. Everybody. And I was convinced that my childhood was flawless, absolutely fantastic. And then you start digging into it more and more and more, and you realize like. Holy smokes! There was there was there was a lot of really bad things here, yeah. um, and, and and until you start digging in, you just don't understand how it's dictating your emotions and thoughts and feelings. And sometimes, it's it's not like you know, a a parent that gets murdered. It's some kid that was just an asshole to you when you were six years old. Like that could be as detrimental as a parent getting murdered because your life was super easy. Okay, great. There's still trauma there that you need to figure out. Yeah, it's not like a comparison trauma. Yeah, yeah. you can't get into the, well, I shouldn't feel bad for myself because my life was great. Mm. It still has wired you in a certain way that you need to figure out, whether it's a parent getting murdered on one end or, um, you know, some kid bullying you in the playground when you're six years old. It still still affects you when you're an adult, which is crazy. Something I've thought about a good couple of times in, in our conversation right now is, I don't know who said this to me, but it was if you don't if you don't deal with your stuff, you make everybody else do it for you. Mm-hmm. And so I think something that's uh, emotionally very mature is to like have to look yourself in the mirror and be like, I need to, whether it's just go get help or institute these like systems in my life in order to 
deal with my own trauma or whatever that is, whatever everybody's version of that is. But I mean, similar to kind of what you like mentioned about your father, like, yeah, you have, you have to have the attitude and this isn't just about like family things, it's just in general, you have to have the attitude. It's like, I hope that, you know, they're obviously working through something. I'm going to give them the grace for that. But like that, that has to be something they have to work on. I can't, I can't fix whatever I feel like is messed up. If Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, and my mom's gone through a lot of problems uh, over the past 10 years. And which is, it's so ironic because I'm closer with my mom right now than my dad, which I would have never guessed even two years ago. Um, but my dad would always say, don't make her problems your problems. And, 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 and he's a lawyer. And so he weaponizes language and he is an absolute master at his craft, a fucking wizard with language. And he's way smarter than I am like on paper. And this is what I was, I was afraid of, honestly, um, him. I mean, I, I was, I was to the point in January and I told my, my family this like I don't there could be like a lawsuit or something like I the next thing I could be hearing from you would not put it past is like is like so a strange. lawyer yeah because yeah. that is that is his arena and he's really good at it and I was trying to think like how how would I even I can't play his game because yeah. he's gonna win yeah <laughs> and I'm not dumb enough to think well, yeah, I can you, outwit him at his game you can't can, out dad dad <laughs> no no yeah. um but but I I used his words somewhat against him uh, was, you know, hey, I'm 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 gonna listen to your advice here and I'm not gonna make your problems my problems. And he didn't have anything to say. Because it's you've been giving me this advice for 10 years and I am going to heed this advice mm-hmm. very clearly. And I'm I'm going to meet you wherever you are in the middle. If you want to come meet me and we want to work through your stuff and I'm I'll do my part. I'm in a good place right now. We can work through it. But I'm not going beyond that. Yeah. You got to do your own shit first. And I'm not, I'm not getting, because I can't afford to go get so caught up in your shit that I can't focus on anything else right now. That's just, I can't afford to do that, man. Mm-hmm. So. Anyway, fun family stuff, right? Dude, it's so weird. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I think about it every day because it's, it's just like, yeah. what the fuck? It doesn't make any sense. You know, like a, a lawyer walks in here the other day. It's like, he's looking around. First time he's seen our office. He's like, wow, your, your dad must be so proud. <laughs> and and, well, I, and I, I I don't explain. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's never seen any of this. He's only met maybe a few people that worked at. Like he knows he he knows zero about what we do. Yeah, zero. Well, you know, like I said, I I do appreciate the the transparency and being open enough to have that conversation. I know you said you would tell it to literally anyone. I'm happy to be literally anyone right now. Um, but I I think that's. I, don't know, I think that was a valuable uh, insight into stuff you're not like necessarily like bringing up on a conference call with the whole team. Yeah. So I appreciate that. Yeah, it makes it simpler here. Yeah. Simpler format. And easier to have conversations than like if there was literally people watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It still feel it still feel a little more performative. Sure. Well, I, I appreciate that, man. I, thanks for digging into a couple of those things. To our, our team, thank you for continuing to send in questions for the internal podcast. I'm very mm-hmm. thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Aaron and I are going to keep trying to make this better and bring our, our crew as much value as we can. Yeah. Hopefully everybody's finding it valuable. Yeah. Send questions to alexbillwood.com. And we'll see everybody on the next internal podcast. Stay dirty, everybody. Stay dirty, everybody.